All right, it is 4 p.m. and I'm gonna call the special formal meeting for the city of Iowa City to order for January 10th, 2023. Roll call, please. Alter. Here. Fergus. Here. Harmson. Here. Taylor. Here. Teague. Here. Thomas. And Mr. Mayor, if I can ask for just a moment's pause until the clerk is able to oh. uh, return. I'm here too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. Can I not say I, Thomas? I'm sorry. You did, but oh. I didn't have a chance to. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. All right. So we're gonna wait for our city clerk uh, to come in the building. So. Crutches. Yes. But welcome to everyone. Uh, happy to see everyone here today. All right, we can begin. So the first item is um, that we're going to be talking about is the council vacancy, which is item number two. This is a resolution appointing um, the seven finalists well, one of the seven finalists to serve the unexpired term of council member Janice Weiner. Can I get a motion, please? So moved, Harmson. Second, Taylor. All right. So just wanted to give a kind of a quick review of how we got here today. Um, on November 9th, we received the resi resignation of Janice Weiner, our former colleague, uh, who was elected to the Iowa Senate seat, number 45. November 15th, the council voted to do an appointment and um, an appointment versus an election. While we did know a petition could still come forth either 14 days before, um, after that decision, or 14 days after the appointment, we decided to go with an appointment. Applications went live on the city website on November 21st, 2022 and it ended January 3rd, 2023. And on December 7th, this past Saturday, the council was very pleased to see 21 individuals interested in serving their community. And I think I speak for this council when we say one, we were surprised, we were pleased, and we were very impressed with the uh, all of the applicants and what they had to offer. It put us in a hard position where we went from 21 down to seven applicants that we made finalists to come before us today. And so that is where we are on December 10th, this Tuesday, where those seven finalists will come before us today. What we did was uh, we kind of put everybody's name in a basket and we drew to find out who would go first. And so I will uh, state the order in which the applicants will come before us or the finalists will come before us. First will be Andrew Dunn, then Joshua Moe, followed by Nali, Sean McRoberts, Mary Masher, Amanda Remington, and then Elizabeth Miglin. All right, so that is what how we'll do the order. And we're gonna start with Andrew Dunn. Welcome at this time. Actually, before you start, I wanna make sure that I uh, give all the applicants some information. You'll have up to 10 minutes, and there's a timer here that will show the 10 minutes. Welcome. 
Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and thank you to the rest of the council for uh, selecting me as one of the finalists. Uh, I want to reiterate for the rest of the room, I guess my name is Andrew Dunn, uh, and I am deeply appreciative uh, of being selected as a finalist for this open seat. Uh, we are collectively very fortunate to have had many incredible and passionate applicants. Um, I'd first like to offer a, a brief outline of my remarks. Uh, I'll first begin by addressing the four core topic areas of concern uh, detailed in Mayor Teague's invitation to speak today, starting with personal core values and how they'll guide my public service uh, as a city councilor. I will then touch on my experience and demonstrated critical skills in working collaboratively in a group dynamic, followed by a brief overview of my broader schedule and ability to dedicate hours every week to the all aspects of council functions. Uh, I will then share my thoughts on the council's recently adopted strategic plan uh, and share a personal pitch. So first, uh, uh, one of the things that I am most proud of our community about uh, is our willingness to, when the rubber hits the road, put our money where our mouth is. Iowa City is a proudly progressive community. I am a proud, pragmatic progressive, but rather than leave that as a, as a buzzword, uh, I'd like to detail what that means to me and what it should mean to you and the rest of our community. Uh, as a pragmatic progressive, uh, I am someone who, is, who understands the realities of the situation on the ground and who will work tirelessly to get our community the best possible outcome on a given issue. The best outcome, however, is not one that is prescribed by any one person or type of thinking or ideology or anything like that. Our world is not so black and white, and our community's, diverse, or our community's wealth of diversity goes far beyond color, creed, class, ethnicity, or immigration status. Bedrock to my pragmatic progressivism, and in my opinion to our democracy, is the idea that one must be first and foremost open-minded and willing to listen to a broad array of solutions and ideas. A pragmatic progressive is someone who, in working to build, or as former uh, Mayor Jim Throgmorton would say, co-craft the just city, understands the need for the community, that, that the needs of, of the community are best met when we ensure the safety and prosperity of our lowest common denominator, of our marginalized communities, of our poor, our working families, and our elders. To achieve these goals, I believe that collaborative leadership and partnership are the best way to go. When leaders work together to achieve common goals and abstain from searching for limelight and recognition, we can achieve good common sense solutions rooted in diverse community experiences. This community-centered approach, reliant on consistent feedback from constituents, is my lodestar. I don't care to be in front of a camera or in the news. I could care less, or couldn't care less, perhaps. Uh, I want to make sure that kids down my street by Mercer Park can afford to have a family and a home someday with food on the table in the future. I've spent the last decade, or I guess rather with regard to experience in the group dynamic, I've spent the last decade working to improve my community and realize these aforementioned goals. In 2008, my family lost our home and my parents lost their jobs. I've seen struggle and I've lived in a lot of the hardship that many people in our community are still facing after the COVID-19 pandemic. Since 2008, I've dedicated a lot of my time to advocating for working families like my own. I applied for this open Iowa City Council seat for the same reason I ran for State House in 2022, because the government should work for us. I started as a volunteer for Barack Obama in 2012, then served on three legislative advisory councils for youth, families, and criminal juvenile justice reform. Within five years, I was elected to local democratic leadership. 
And by 2018, I joined the gun violence prevention movement and began leading the major statewide nonprofit March for Our Lives Iowa. And after working the 2020 general election, when we found out control of the US Senate, a working family majority was going to be on the line, I went down to Atlanta, Georgia to help elect Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. I, uh, more recently, I left a position with the American Civil Liberties Union, where I worked every day to raise money for their efforts to end voter suppression nationwide. And last Monday, I started my third, or actually, I should say yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, I started my, th uh, my fourth session in the Iowa State Senate, serving Senator Claire Selsey. I've worked through three budgeting cycles in the state government, and while budgets between state and local governments are significantly different, anyone going into the situation is going to have about the same experience. Nobody behind me or who is going to be speaking after me has any experience doing a city budget. But I'm confident that my experience with nonprofits, my experience with state government gives me the great experience uh, or gives me enough experience to hit the ground running, familiarity with the concepts uh, and will allow me to really start immediately. Uh, I, I also know how to ask the right questions in this regard uh, and understand that when it comes to our greatest priorities of our community, uh, we, we, uh, there has to be balance. We can't rob Peter to pay Paul. And I know that the only way to do that, to, to secure that balance, to secure uh, you know, our priorities in the future, is to put in the hours and do the work. My work has garnered major successes in the past a de facto ban on gay conversion therapy for minors in this state, the closing of the synthetic marijuana loophole that killed dozens of kids across our country and multiple across our state, and I also was able to help secure more funding for large public schools through the extension of the SAVE tax for education. I couldn't do these alone. Teams and teamwork were critical to success at every step and every moment. Regarding scheduling and time commitments, very sexy, I know. <laughs> I am uh, certain that I will be able to meet the time commitments required for the smooth, fun smooth functioning and of all formal and informal duties of a counselor. My weekly time obligations are as follows. Monday through Thursday, I work remotely on call as a legislative aide in the Iowa Senate. The bulk of the work in a given day for that position is generally completed before 10 a.m. My full-time position with a uh, is with a scientific manufacturing company in the area where I have a generous amount of paid time off and only work Friday through Sunday. I have ample time during the average work week, work week to read council packets and interact with communi uh, community constituents and other stakeholders. As detailed in my application, I also plan to hold regularly scheduled office hours, perhaps once or twice, twice a month, so constituents can meet with me privately to discuss issues of their concerns. I keep myself busy, but I assure you the workload will be nothing compared to the 12 to 16 hour days I did while running for state house and running two consecutive, consecutive other state house campaigns following my, my failure in the primary. <laughs> Regarding the strategic plan, uh, it is clear that our community faces uh, a multitude of challenges, economic challenges, social challenges, environmental challenges, and more. The strategic plan does a great job of laying out our values and plans to address and deal with these concerns. I'm particularly pleased with the city's plans to expand public transportation options, make our community safer and more friendly to pedestrians, and expand opportunities, for opportunities and equity for communities of color to advance economically while balancing community growth and maintenance of community culture and civil society. Broadly, I am supportive, but a plan is just that, a plan. The job of whomever you appoint today will be to work with others on the council to make sure that this plan is implemented to the best of our ability, to make changes when needed and to ensure above all else that our values shine through in every action and thought. Finally, I'd like to discuss uh, the broader implications uh, of my personal appointment. The median age of an Iowa City resident is 26 years old. That means at present over half of our community does not have demographic representation on the council with shared life experiences. 
In a time when rent is near or at an all-time high in our community, we don't have a renter on the council uh, to share their voice and concerns. I am. The turnout in this last midterm election shows us clearly that more work needs to be done to cultivate and instill democratic values and participation in the youth of our community. I've always believed that relatability and accessibility are critical to addressing those issues. And that's why being a young person on the council, uh, if appointed, I'd like to work to establish a city youth advisory body that empowers students from diverse backgrounds and schools to engage in the political process at every level. It's a known fact that democracy in our nation is under threat, and, those on, and, and as those on the very front lines of it, I believe you, and hopefully me, uh, have an obligation to get as many people involved in trusting the institutions as possible. I've worked extensively with youth advisory bodies in the past, and am more than willing to take the lead uh, on this after the budgeting process concludes. Uh, I thank you all very much for your time, uh, and, and uh, you know, Hope things turn out well for me. But in any case, I know that we're in good hands. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to invite Joshua Moe at this time. Welcome. Hello, Mayor Teague, Hello. Mayor Pro Tem Alter, and Councilors Harmson, Taylor, Thomas, and Burgess. My name is Josh Moe, and I thank you very much for selecting me as a finalist to fill Janice Weiner's now vacant city council seat. I love Iowa City, and I am very proud to be here. And I'm here today because I want to serve the citizens of Iowa City, and I believe I'm the person who can collaborate with you to make this great city even better. That's it. It's that simple. I don't have an agenda for a political career, and I don't have a single issue that I want to promote. I simply love Iowa City, and I want to help. I want to start by acknowledging that I'm asking the six of you to pick me, and I'm not asking 74,000 Iowa citizens to vote for me. That's a huge burden that you're placing on yourselves. This selection process goes poorly. Um, that's on you. But I respect the decision that you made, because special elections are costly, time-consuming, and typically yield very low voter turnout. Your choice to appoint versus calling an election was wise, was prudent, and was economical. Voters will still have an opportunity to select a counselor for the seat in 10 months, and they will have 14 days after this appointment to call uh, or petition for an election. I also want to thank you for making time for me. In the, in the run-up to this appointment, I had the opportunity to reach out to all of you and speak with most of you. I found that you were not only accessible, but generous with your time, kind, and thoughtful. You encouraged me to apply for this position, you encouraged me to run for future elections, and you all provided insights on how this job impacts your personal lives and your careers. I discovered that being a good counselor takes a lot of time. So thank you for being accessible, and thank you for your service. Finally, I want to acknowledge the work that the city staff does to execute your will. Over the years, I've collaborated with the city manager's office, parks and recreation, the senior center, neighborhood and development services, and public works, and developed good relationship with the city and staff, both past and present. I'm pleased to see an exceptionally well-prepared fiscal year 2024 budget, 23-25 financial plan, and 23-27 capital improvement plan. Those thank yous represent my core values. I aim to be prudent and decisive, I aim to be accessible to the public, and I aim to be well-planned and forward-thinking, all grounded in gratitude and optimism. Building consensus, thinking creatively, and developing long-term vision is the core of my work as an architect. 
In your letter inviting us to speak today, you asked for experience demonstrated skills working collaboratively in a group dynamic. I offer a recent experience, a professional experience, where I was the lead architect responsible for Marion Independent School District's $36 million bond vote to improve their facilities. I work with the school's leadership team, the Board of Education, staff, students, the community, and we developed a plan that matched their needs. We developed dozens of plans and costing models. At each step, we stress the value of agile planning, of iteration, and consensus building. All of this was done in a transparent and open format, and we used new technologies to invite everyone to the table. The result was not my plan, but the community's plan. And because that plan belonged to so many people, in March of 2021, that bond passed at an 84.6% yes. That's unheard of. When developing plans for the Senior Center or managing Parks and Rec's master plan, that's what we have to do. We have to build overwhelming support by engagement and agile planning and transparency. <coughs> Before applying for this position, I reached out to you and had the opportunity to ask you about your personal time commitment to prepare for and attend city council meetings, represent the city council at city events and community functions, and communicate with residents and stakeholders. I was impressed with your efforts and moved by the quantity of time given. I will admit this might be my Achilles heel to being a counselor. I have a demanding career and I already know that I would miss the February 7th city council meeting. However, I've learned as a senior project manager that if you wanna get something done, ask a busy person. Our city charter, city manager form of government and the remuneration to serve presumes that our city council is not a full-time job. I think the citizens of Iowa City when they choose our form of government and the income provided to our counselors intended for busy, engaged citizens to serve. If selected, I will continue to work and will, like many of you, balance my career and this very important responsibility. Even though I have a full plate, I've reviewed the 772-page information packet for tonight's 6 p.m. meeting. I've studied the proposed 727-page budget and read the newest strategic plan. It's the alignment and sometimes misalignments between the strategic plan and the budget where I think I can provide the most value to city council and the citizens of Iowa City. First, we must provide the citizens of Iowa City with the core services that they expect. Water and sewer, police and fire, transportation infrastructure and parks and recreation. That's the foundation of city government and regardless of what our state legislature chooses to do, I promised the citizens of Iowa City that I would start there. However, that's not enough. Iowa citizens expect more, and I think the strategic plan helps guide us on those other goals. To, fly, to fight climate change and achieve our strategic value to decarbonize, we have to lead by example. The lowest hanging fruit is to electrify city-owned buildings and power our buildings with clean energy. Many city-owned buildings have gas-fired roof, gas rooftop units and gas-fired boilers and gas hot water heaters. We need a plan, a plan and clear policy to uh, replace this equipment when the time is right. In the private sector, we can do more too. We can work harder to confirm that new buildings actually meet energy code and encourage electrification, perhaps by aligning our franchise fees for gas bills and electric bills with our strategic values to fight climate change and decarbonize. Reducing operational carbon, specifically reducing energy consumption, is only part of the climate change puzzle. We must also address embodied energy, the carbon we use to build stuff. And the best way to do that is to rehabilitate old buildings infill to create more density and leverage existing infrastructure and target vacancy and underutilization. 
Those easily achievable, attainable goals address climate action and don't break the bank for its residents. In addition to climate action, those climate saving opportunities address another goal, specifically addressing equity and social justice through affordable housing. I want to use my construction knowledge and planning experience to promote compact, authentic, vibrant communities and affordable housing throughout the city. We must quickly and carefully develop safe, affordable, diverse, and desirable housing. The city cannot develop housing at the necessary rate or volume, so we need to work with developers to find performers that work for them financially and meet our strategic goals. To achieve this, neighborhood and development services need more human resources. Ms. Haichu's report in the proposed budget clearly articulates that there is a critical bottleneck in the ability to review proposed works due to complexity, lack of flexibility, and the number of reviews in the department. This bottleneck is exaggerating our affordable housing crisis. Over the years, I've seen persistent reductions in neighborhood and development services and its predecessor departments. The department cannot react and review, let alone plan proactively. This is a self-inflicted wound that can be remedied immediately. Changes to the comprehensive plan and the zoning code, an action item within the strategic plan, also are needed if we want to increase and improve affordable housing options. Because our community wants us to address affordable housing, I think these changes are worth pursuing, but they will certainly take more time and substantial community input. However, we need to start now if we're serious about addressing the affordable housing crisis. There's so many more issues to address and not enough time for specifics. However, I want to acknowledge this council must, in the very near future, find a way to help the Truth and Reconciliation Commission move forward, decide how to divvy up direct aid to agencies, um, collaborate with the Iowa City Community School District on childcare, and what to do about public pools in Iowa City. All, even items on the agenda tonight, like in lieu, or, uh, fee in lieu payments for affordable housing, um, and do those promote the goals in our strategic plan? I think my skills can help advance those conversations. It's a privilege to stand here and be considered for this position. When I read the applications and the biographies of the other finalists, I quickly realized that Iowa City will be well served by any of us. The reality is that one of us will join the city council, but six of us will not. If I am not selected, I promise to you that I'll be a productive participant in moving Iowa City forward. But if I am selected, I know that my professional experience my unique skills and my temperament could serve the betterment of Iowa City. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We're going to invite Nali at this time. Welcome. Thank you, Mayor Teak. Good evening, uh, all the counselors and all the friends come here. Um, my name is Nali. You can call me Nina. I am an immigrant, minority, a wife, and a mom. I got my first master's degree in China and came to the United States in 2010 to teach at Lakes International Academy in Minnesota. At the completion of my contract, I enrolled at the University of Iowa and received my second master's degree in teaching Chinese as a foreign language. During this time, I worked, studied, while raising my daughter. Um, currently, as an adjunct professor at the University of Iowa, I, work, I, I teach part-time and work part-time as a leasing administrator. Uh, as for the 
Um, there are four topics we need to talk about. As for the first topic, personal co-value, I am uh, efficient, competent, honest. I consider myself responsible, dependable. In one word, I am trustworthy. In public eyes, I will treat everybody fairly and um, for the good of the people. I believe in a motto which was said by Bertrand Russell, the British um, mathematician. This is my lifetime motto. He says, make your interest gradually wider and more impersonal until bit by bit the walls of the ego recede and your life becomes increasingly emerged in the universal life. That means you need to remove your self-interest for the public service. I believe people are created equal. We need to do whatever we can to merge into the sea of the community and help the community in general. It is easy to look at the state of the world today and feel pessimistic, overwhelmed, even powerless. Especially after 2022, the social unrest brought on by the killing of George Floyd and the COVID-19 virus resulted in the surge of Asian hate crimes. But I have tremendous confidence and faith in this city's ability to overcome what seemed like insurmountable obstacles. Great progress often comes in times of adversity. We all share in the responsibility to leave Iowa City better than we found it. The Asian community is the fastest growing and the second largest minority group in the city. However, we are not well represented. As a member of Asian community, it would be an honor for me to participate in the decision-making process. The second question is, the, call of the, the role of the city council is to provide services and make decisions on behalf of the residents of Iowa City and local government. I believe my experience make me qualified to serve on this council. As president of Iowa City Area Chinese Association, I took lead in organizing 11 events in the past year. The highlights of the events are in April 2021, I was a speaker at a rally to stop Asian hate. Following the rally, Bruce Teague, the mayor of Iowa City, has signed the proclamation of AAPI Day against bullying, on, which is May 18th. On that day, a dance party celebrating AAPI Day against bullying was organized by us in the pedestrian, pedestrian mall in support of the city's decision to fight against human bullying. In September 2021, I was one of the organizers of the Music of Love concert for charity. 
Asian student musicians from West High School and Northwest Junior High School performed at the concert, raising over $2,000. The funds were donated to the services for teenagers 12 to 18 years old in the United Action for Youth. It's a local non-charity, a non-profit charity organization. So it is a place for the youth to have a voice and give back creatively, creatively to their community. This event made the future generation of the Chinese community aware of the importance of helping other people of different ethnic groups and aided in bridging the gap. In January 2022, on behalf of the Iowa City Area Chinese Association, I applied, I applied and I was awarded a $3,000 grant from the Human Rights Commission of the city. This award will allow the ICACA to host and celebrate a Lunar New Year celebration at the English Theater on January 22nd, 2023, which is in two weeks. It's the second Sunday from now. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the city has sent a notice of our gala today. Thank you very much. And uh, everybody sitting here are invited for the Lunar New Year gala event. Um, you can find the information at English Theater's website and the city news, news website. In April 2022, I organized an evening of performing arts featuring traditional song and dance in honor of Asian culture heritage and holiday spirit. The event was celebrated greater than 200 attendees and included notable guests as a mayor of both Carville and Iowa City. Uh, okay, it seems that I don't have too much time, so let me jump to uh, what I do, not only for the Chinese community, but also work with other community. I believe that we are on the same boat, should work with each other. For this reason, I joined the election campaign team of Mayor Teague and uh, helped him resume his second term. Financially, I've contributed to Cadenza Music uh, Charity Club at West High School to raise money for Ukraine. I'm also a regular contributor to the UI, Preso School of Music, and the International Crane Foundation in Wisconsin, a wildlife center featuring 15 pieces of cranes. I'm passionate about being a member of city council and will be available to fulfill my role. My current work hours are flexible. Okay, last question about the FY 2023-28 strategic plan. I like the strategy of developing Iowa City into a community to continue launching new business and expanding existing business. Our city has proven itself to be a world-class health care facility and a UNESCO literature city. I'd like to build on that by creating a world-class city of the arts. To reach this goal, we can start a multicultural center in the heart of downtown Iowa City or multicultural village along the Iowa River as a tourism 
tourism icon, we can reuse the available properties. Iowa is known as the corn state. I would like to create a corn center like Wilson's apple orchard for kids to teach them how to understand corn planting, picnicking, and making corn dishes. I, I will work with um, school district to start a gifted and a talented program, have people start business in ACT, SAT training, foreign language co-learning with the native speaker students, math Olympics, NASA kids, so and so, and work with Regina High School to enroll more international students by starting boarding business for them. This will increase the en enrollment of University of Iowa international students and the quality of those students. And it can also help with our tourism. Thank you. At this time, we're gonna call forth Sean McRoberts. Welcome. Thank you. I'm Sean McRoberts. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be with you, to speak with you, uh, Mayor Teague and council members. I'm also especially grateful for all of the applicants for this open position and those who have spoken this evening and who will speak after me. Uh, I have no concern uh, over the quality of leadership that we will uh, have here in our city whether I'm selected or not. And so I'm, I'm grateful for everyone who's involved in this process, for the way this process has been created and crafted and is being carried out. Uh, I appreciate too the prompts that were given for this evening's time uh, and will frame my comments around my core values, those values which guide my life and which will guide my work as a member of the city council. My core values include integrity, equity, and interdependence. Integrity, equity, and interdependence. As I live into my value of integrity, I, I seek to speak and act consistently so that there is resonance between my words and my actions and all that I say and do is in accordance with who I am as a human. I seek to take responsibility for my words and actions so that anything that I do and say, I can be accountable for, both for the intent and for the impact of my actions. I strive to remain humble and teachable so that I can adapt to new situations and so that I can be an effective part of my community. I find this important personally for my personal growth and relationships with others, and I believe that being humble and teachable is also a vital aspect of our community leadership and the life of our city council. As I live into my value of integrity, I seek to demonstrate respect, to demonstrate respect to all who I encounter and to employ practices of listening and the cultivation of trust. As Adrienne Marie Brown writes, if you trust the people, they will become trustworthy. And so I seek to live into ways of cultivating that trust through relationship, through seeking to see those that I am with, to see their uh, best interest and to see them at their best so that I might expect the best of them as well as we build community together. 
I value equity. I value equity and will prioritize equity and justice work in my work for the city. That means being intentional about the place of privilege in my life and the actions of the city. I need to be intentional about my own privilege, that which I carry, and aware of the dynamics of power and privilege within leadership bodies, such as the council. It's particularly important to be aware of this when holding a position of power because our actions can impact others negatively, even without our intent. And being intentional about my privilege, I prioritize listening and amplify voices that are often ignored. And I'm willing to take space to tell the truth when necessary, especially in order to seek justice and to address harm that has been done. I'm invested in creating access and an accessible city council. I'm committed to going where the people are so that we can cultivate the kind of trust and relationship with our city leadership that will lead to a strong, close-knit community. Uh, my work hours are flexible and will allow me to represent the city at various events. And I see myself participating in events organized by entities and groups outside of the city leadership so that the city can be present where people are, particularly seeking out folks who's, who experience barriers in engaging with the city, especially those who uh, have work shifts over top of city activities and meetings or who experience language barriers. I value interdependence. As my colleague at the Wesley Center, Reverend Anna Bladel, often says, we need each other. We need each other. It's true in an existential, universal sense. It's true when collaborating on a shared work. And it's true in a particular way of those of us who make a life in the city together. We need each other. I see the city as a collective endeavor, shared resources being directed toward the common good. And all of our decisions as city leaders must be guided by that goal, advancing that common good, especially being mindful of the times and settings when we and our neighbors are vulnerable or our well-being precarious. In terms of collaborative work, it is my preferred mode of operation. Uh, I've often shared leadership as part of a team. It's where I think I thrive in working alongside of others toward a common purpose. Recently, uh, I've had opportunity to do so in the racial audit of the Methodist Federation for Social Action. Uh, it's been an endeavor almost three years on, and in that work I have led among a gifted and diverse team with my co-moderator, Pat Stewart, I found in doing this work the importance of framing the task at hand and then stepping back to allow others who have appropriate gifts to each task to step forward. I find that in that dance of uh, forward and back, of stepping in and out, that we're each able to bring our perspectives and gifts to the greater work that is at, at hand. And I find that uh, I'm most effective in encouraging and amplifying the others who I work alongside for the shared work uh, toward our final goal. In terms of the city's strategic plan, I feel generally positive about the good work that has been done. Uh, 
and that was adopted last month. I think that a five-year plan approach is wise and promotes continuity uh, that we can build on as a community. I find that the values and impact areas align fairly well with my hopes for the city. The challenge as I see it will be how to navigate the conflicts that will arise as priorities come into conflict. Uh, as it will be essential in those moments to turn toward our values. The values named in the strategic plan of racial equity, social justice, and human rights, of climate action, and partnerships and engagement. And as I approach this work, I will commit to prioritizing especially racial equity, social justice, and human rights. For if we hold on to these values and remain true to our commitments, we will guide this city toward our envisioned future, a city in which all people can thrive, in which we live with confidence and hope. I look forward to joining you in leading this work. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to invite up Mary Masher at this time. Welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon. Um, thank you again for honoring me by being one of the seven finalists. This group here is very qualified, and I don't envy you your decision-making. Um, obviously, you've got good people to choose from, and they are people who are passionate about this community, and I consider myself one of them. Um, I wanted to start by telling you that I got my first start in government by being on the Parks and Rec Commission for the city of Iowa City. And it was truly an honor to do that and be appointed by a council. Uh, I credit them for helping us get the first girls softball league started in Iowa City and also those diamonds that are so beautiful on the south side of town. You asked about our core values and I will tell you that my love is for my family, my friends, my community, and then for public service. I'll start by saying, with, I won't go into the family and friends. They know who I am and they've been around me a long time and know how passionate I am. Uh, in terms of community, I was a Iowa City school teacher for 33 years. And I credit, again, a lot of the leadership skills that I developed over that time as being president of the Iowa City Education Association and then our chief negotiator when we were bargaining with the, with the school district. I also then, in public service, obviously I've been 28 years in the Iowa legislature. And during that time, I've had a great deal of experience working with a variety of individuals. Let me just put it that way. Uh, people who have very different backgrounds, very different priorities, very different um, maybe religious beliefs as well. And so trying to find common ground was one of the things, the goals that I achieved in terms of working with others who are oftentimes difficult to find that common ground with. Um, I pride myself in being able to do that. Currently, I am involved with Habitat for Humanity, and next year the Women's Build will be in my honor, so I am extremely excited about helping with building a new home in the community for individuals who are in need. Uh, 522 for Good is another organization I'm a part of. Uh, Altrusa, I'll be their uh, co-president next year. 
Open Heartland, I volunteer there on a regular basis. I'm also involved with our retired teachers of Johnson County and a group called the Foundation for the Trades, which are looking to, again, increase dollars available to our high school students so we can get them into the trades and help them develop the skills they need to have successful jobs. Um, working collaboratively, I know many of our elected officials in this community. I've worked with those others on city councils. I've also been a part of obviously working with the school board and believe that their efforts right now with the local option sales tax for childcare is certainly a priority for me as well and something that I would love to work on. Um, I can tell you that uh, obviously there are lots of different views that come to you as council members and listening and hearing those views and being able to make decisions based on the input you get from the community and from staff is really critical and that's something that I think I have a skill in doing as well. Hard work, I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> Long hours, I'm used to that. Um, it is not unusual for us in the legislature to work late into the night. And obviously, I was here on Saturday to listen to part of the budget discussion. I told Jeff I didn't want to print out the 700 pages. I thought I'd save a tree that way. <laughs> but I have been reading over the budget recommendations that you've been making. And again, um, I want to congratulate you on a budget that reflects the values of this community. Uh, in terms of the strategic plan, I look at the strategic plan as your vision and the budget as your way of implementing that vision. And your budget is really amazing in light of the fact that you are very responsible about the taxpayer dollars but you also recognize, recognize the needs within the community. So the efforts that you've made with the police department in terms of those social workers and people who are helping with people who may have mental illness in our community, your work with the Access Center in Johnson County, and again, keeping people out of jails and in those diversion programs out of our hospitals, those are all commendable. And I know those were collaborative efforts not only with this council, but with the community as a whole and with the Johnson County Board of Supervisors as well. So we need to, again, give you accolades for that, but also celebrate the fact that we recognize those needs within our community and are willing to take action when we need to. Um, I was also going to give a shout out to the uh, Better Together uh, 2030 group because their goals are very similar to yours. And again, look at how you collaborate with other entities in terms of furthering the priorities and values in this community. Um, racial equity, social justice, human rights, your affordable housing uh, initiatives demonstrate that. You are looking for ways to help individuals get into a home and be able to keep the, and maintain that home. Um, you've got that in your values. You've got that in your budget as well. And it reflects well on all of you. Public safety, I've talked about, again, what we've been able to do at a local level to, again, identify what we can do to incorporate more of our policing so that people see them as individuals who are part of our community and people that they can trust and be friends with as well. Um, I, I also wanted just to mention your climate action. The solar that you've put on buildings, what you've been doing with electric buses, you are leaders in the state, and you need to recognize that. Others, are, communities are not doing that right now. 
Um, your partnerships, again, with the communities, neighborhood associations. I'm part of the Southside Neighborhood Association, very proud of that. And again, the diversity markets, those kinds of things, again, are collaborative efforts. And I hope we can continue those. I'm proud of the fact that we're a UNESCO City of Literature. Great city for the arts, small city for the arts. We should be proud of those kinds of accolades as well. And again, just to summarize, I love this community. And I'm gonna stay as active as I can as long as I can and am able to. And regardless of your decision tonight, that won't change for me. I will attend meetings and attend events because I love this community and I love to be around the people who are a part of it. So again, thank you for your consideration tonight. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. Um, again, good luck for, with your decision. Thank you. We're going to invite Amanda Remington. Welcome. Hi. I want to start by thanking Janice Weiner for her service. I'm certain that her eyes and ears in the Congress will be a benefit to this council. I also want to thank all of you for the opportunity to explain why I'm qualified for and want the responsibility of being a city councilor. As a member of multiple civic and university boards and committees, an Iowa City Climate Ambassador, and the Founder Director of Corridor Community Action Network, I demonstrate Iowa City's strategic values in my daily life because they are my own core values. In fact, CCAN's mission statement encompasses those same values of social justice, racial equity and human rights, climate action, and partnerships and engagement. And the work that I've done there the connections that I've made and the lessons that I have learned can aid this council as we advance those same values while we work to realize the future visions outlined in that strategic plan. And those future visions are personal to me because they precisely describe the type of community that I have already been working to build, the kind that I know can change lives. Five years ago, I was immersed in local services as a community member in need, utilizing DVIP, protective child care services, community food bank, while I navigated drastic and scary changes in my world. Now I'm passionate about using the networking and community building skills that come naturally to me to improve quality of life and make that kind of navigation easier for others. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to continue to do that as a city councilor. I have supplemented my natural skills by taking advantage of educational opportunities in areas such as city planning, organizational efficiency and effectiveness, budgeting, diversity, equity and inclusion, leadership and communication. I also readily learn from others and in addition to getting to speak with most of you, I've had recent opportunities to talk with Jeff, former Mayor Pro Tem Mazahir, Ross Wilburn, John Green, and Eleanor Levine. And I learned valuable lessons in each one of those conversations. I particularly appreciated what everybody had to say about the budget, which is an especially big concern when we're facing the kinds of challenges we are, such as the loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxable value. As a community organizer, evaluating which efforts will provide the most impact for members of our community has been a daily consideration of mine for years. I was really happy to see so many of you mention affordable housing because you're absolutely right. 
as a renter, I can contest that it is one of the most critical issues that is facing our community. And in addition to passing the proposed affordable housing and eviction prevention funding, we do need to look at grants and other potential sources of revenue because that is an area in which the need continually outpaces the means. And I would also like to see us spend more than $30,000 supporting the winter shelter. Um, as we consider what adjustments we need to make, where we can save and where we need to invest city dollars, Another project that's going to be important for us to implement this year is the Recreation Center renovation that's detailed in the Capital Improvement Plan. Those renovations will bring the center into closer compliance with current ADA standards. We also need to talk about what would it take to bring it into complete compliance, and the ADA elevator improvements that are scheduled for 2025 should be moved up. Housing and accessibility are critical issues of equity that allow for and encourage an engaged and participating community. And I am really excited about the possibility of being able to work on those issues as a part of this team. I've demonstrated my ability to do that and proven that I possess the critical skills necessary to work collaboratively in a group dynamic through my work with CCAN and the previously mentioned boards and committees. In my role in CCAN, I am constantly collaborating with community members and other local organizations to see how we can provide the most complete and unified services for people in our community. In my time as chair of the Iowa City Community Police Review Board, I guided us through the most complex and longest investigation in the board's history. As chair of the University of Iowa Safety and Security Committee, I have worked with the Reimagining Campus Safety Committee and the Dean of Students to determine where the two committees' missions overlap, where they differ, and how we can be of support to each other without stepping on toes or duplicating efforts. Both of those committees, as well as the Council for the Status of Women, on which I also serve, are university-wide, which provides a lot of opportunity for intra-organizational collaboration between the academic and healthcare sides of the university. This work requires me to constantly use and strengthen my collaborative skills in areas such as negotiation, flexibility, patience, and communication. And I am absolutely committed to using those skills to put in the hours weekly to attend and thoroughly prepare for city council meetings, joint entity meetings, other board meetings, as I know that liaison duties are also part of this job. And doing the full preparation and the late night hours that are required for that, associated research, all of that. I'm also prepared to spend the time in the community at community events representing the city, and events that I would probably be participating in anyway, to be quite honest, and with communicating with stakeholders and residents. The cross-section of support that I've been so honored to receive from this community has shown that I can put in the time to establishing and maintaining those types of relationships across the city. It also shows that people know me. I grew up here. I'm raising my children here. I have worked in the service industry here. I have owned and run a childcare business here. And I have worked in this community for years alongside organizations such as the Center for Worker Justice, the Domestic Violence Intervention Program, 
the Johnson County League of Women Voters, Community Transportation Committee, and so many others. And in that time, I have shown that I am willing to work hard for the people of this city, even when it is difficult, uncertain, and unpaid. And I, sorry, <laughs> um, I would like to continue to do that in the most effective ways possible. My 15-year-old has said that one of the coolest things about me is that they've never known me to give up. I know that the job of a city councilor is difficult and unpredictable. I know that you get challenges and curveballs thrown at you at random. But I also know how to roll with the punches and veer to the next solution. I'm action-oriented, and I possess skills, connections, and a unique set of experiences that this council needs. I share this city's values and its priorities, and I'm here because I want to do everything that I can to make it the best that it can be for my children, my neighbors, my colleagues, and everyone. Thank you. Thank you. We will have our last individual come at this time, Elizabeth Miglin. Welcome. Hi, Council. <laughs> um, formally, I would like to reintroduce myself to you all as Elizabeth Miglin, but you can call me Ellie. I'm honored to have made it this far in the nomination process and am humbled to be in a room of change makers. As you may know, I am a third year student at the University of Iowa studying international relations and earning a writing certificate in poetry. What you may not know, however, is why I've entered my name in candidacy for this nomination. When I entered my freshman year in 2020, it was surreal to find such a large town seem at once so small. Visions of college life were no longer so clear as I met many of my friends, teachers, and mentors rather awkwardly online and only able to recognize them by their eyes when we would meet in passing. It was with the same feeling of detachment that I initially approached my political interests. Throughout my time at Theodore Roosevelt High School in Des Moines, I had become exhausted with the all-consuming feeling of polarization. It was hard to watch as grown adults make poor attempts at talking, talking civilly with family or simply with friends. This had me at a tipping point, so in college I decided to follow my hope and explore how other countries deal with much greater degrees of conflict with which we have been lucky to not experience here. This began my research into foreign aid for national development, civil conflicts, and their attempts at peace, and to now recycling uh, practices in lower income nations. However, as the former diplomat Richard Haas says, foreign policy begins at home. It was no sooner that I began to become oriented in Iowa City did my global interests appear to connect back around. I had noticed hints of this connection as a freshman in high school when I co-wrote and lobbied for mental health literacy funding in public schools with the Iowa Youth Council. However, the bill became stuck in committee due in part because the priorities in state education were predicated on federal support, which did not see this of great importance. This interdependence appeared once again in my senior year of high school as I spent part of my time as the policy director for the Iowa Youth Climate Strike. Leading a team of 10 of my peers, we created 18 Iowa-specific legislative suggestions which we used to guide rallies and events. As we chanted for change, it became obvious how much of the work begins on a grassroots, grassroots level, on a local level. Between my French and microeconomic classes my freshman year of college, 
I decided to join Iowa Student Government and became quickly interested in the city liaison team. Their work to connect the student body to public services, which support a thriving community, made political action seem hopeful again. I recognize that considering the varied experience of my fellow candidates, selecting me for this open seat on city council would be an unusual decision, but I also think it would be a positive and progressive choice. While attending the bi-weekly city council meetings for the past year and a half, I am proud to have briefed the council on the concerns of ameliorate issues and ameliorate issues conveyed by the university student population. To the best of my knowledge, I've developed personal working relationships with council and have collaborated with each current member on multiple initiatives. Through our partnerships, I increasingly understood the structure of city government and its authority as it relates to commerce, housing, and attracting new business. During this time, my co-liaison, Anna Van Heuklem, Council, and I developed and funded 1,500 magnets with housing-related resources, which were then distributed to Iowa City residents. This new approach has had lasting impacts, and you can still find them glittered around town. However, during our research with students, we realized these concerns could be addressed both by the city and the university. Thus, this previous summer, the new city liaison, Keaton Zymet, and I worked to revitalize the Lease Gap Housing Program, which offered an affordable option for over 30 students in need through the Iowa Memorial U Union, U Union <laughs> as well as 100 free parking spots at Hancher Auditorium. Alongside our work towards affordable housing, our efforts have, have resulted in two generations of renter's guides which surveyed around 600 and 700 students respectively and help make any new renter make informed rental choices. As a third generation is being developed, now Iowa State University and the University of Northern Iowa plan to conduct similar surveys. We developed a sexual assault awareness campaign in order to give voice to victims of violence off campus. We promoted sustainable transportation with the bicyclists of Iowa City at multiple sustainable open house events. We provided email templates for students and Iowa City residents who wished for the police department to provide more information about an incident of police brutality. We then worked with the police department and public safety to improve off-campus lighting conditions. We passed legislation in the University Senate rejecting carbon capture projects. The bill was then sent to the Iowa Utilities Board and Mid-American Representatives. And in May, I was honored to be one of six um, of the, from the university uh, to attend the Association of Big Ten Students Conference in Washington, D.C. There we spoke to Iowa's federal representatives and senators about college affordability, food, housing security, and gender discrimination. I represent a large portion of our community that is currently underrepresented on the council. Our student population, which accounts for over 30, uh, 30K uh, individuals in a community of approximately 75,000. The current, the current concerns of younger generations are necessary for informing housing, environmental, and economic policies for Iowa City. If nominated, I hope to host meetings between the new city liaison team and landlords, city staff regarding alcohol harm reduction, and collaborate with council on sustainability uh, initiatives, including amending ways university policy can be uh, altered to support these city goals. Other areas of my concern include citywide accessible mental health services, late night and Sunday bus routing, and access to basic needs. I believe that these are community problems that require community solutions. 
With multiple years of working between the city, university, and greater Iowa City population, I would like to contribute to solutions wherever possible for a community I love. The work is long, hard, and often unforgiving, yet I have not felt more empowered and invigorated to continue the work we have already begun together. It would be an honor to be able to continue working with the council to address these cross-city and university problems. Thank you for your time, council. Thank you. I want to say again, thanks to all of the finalists that have come before us. There's a lot for this council to consider. Before we move forth, I wanted to um, speak to my fellow councilors right now um, to just let you know what the process will look like moving forth. So we will take a seven minute break. That'll be number one. Um, and during that time, I'm going to request that none of us speak uh, with one another on any aspect of the finalist. This would allow you time to just regroup and get your thoughts together for the next phase, which I'm about to explain. So when we return, I am going to ask for nominations uh, for candidate for finalists that uh, you would like to see appointed. If uh, uh, a uh, if a applicant's name has been uh, stated, you don't have to. St you can just remain silent until um, we go around and get some votes. I'm going to do. We're going to do. In this is really informal vote, and it's a little confusing. So <laughs> I'm going to try to explain it in the best way that I know how. So we may do a couple of rounds of this. So first, I'm going to ask for nominations. And if there is a person that you would like to nominate, you can just state out their name. Uh, and if their name has already been mentioned, you can wait. And I'll close nominations. And then I'll go around and see of, let's say we have three names or four names, I'll see who supports them. Um, because we have to get to a majority of four, we're going to keep doing that round until we get to four. Now, I don't want you to feel like you have to change your position or, if you, or like you can't select another finalist each round. Um, at the end of the day, uh, when, once we get to four is when we'll pause and um, I'll make some statements at that point. Council will have uh, opportunity to um, share some comments and then our city attorney Eric will do the final votes and that will be the official votes. When we take our seven minute break, if this is confusing to anyone, this process, that will be the only um, allowable conversation uh, that I will entertain um, by the counselors. This process. All right. We're going to take seven minutes and we will be back. Thank you. All right. We're going to get started with this next phase, which once again, council, I'm going to entertain nominations. And if you're, uh, if the individual that you are nominating for appointment is selected. You can wait until all the nominations are um, stated, and then we'll go through and get 
unofficial votes <laughs> for now. Um, at some point, we do have to get to four, and then um, there will be opportunities for people to change their votes, but we'll um, start with taking nominations at this time. I'd like to nominate Mary Masher. I'd like to nominate Andrew Dunn. I'll nominate Mandy Remington. I'll nominate Nali. Any other nominations? I'd like to nominate Ellie Miglin. Any other nominations? I'd like to uh, nominate Sean McRoberts. All right. What any, all right, so all, everyone has made nominations. Would anyone like to change their nomination at this point? We have not reached a census of four. We're gonna go one more time. Entertaining nominations at this time. I will nominate Nali. I'll nominate Mandy Remington. Nominate Mary Masher. I'll nominate Andrew Dunn. Any other nominations at this time? Any other nominations at this time? Closing nominations. All right, so we have four nominations so far, and I'm just gonna go, um, I'll start from my right to my left, and please state who of the nomination, the nominated so far you would appoint. Uh, the four that are um, that have been stated is Nali, Mandy, uh, Amanda Remington, Mary Masher, and Andrew Dunn. Harmson, um, Dunn. Taylor, Masher. Teague, Nali. Alter, Andrew Dunn. Thomas. Andrew Dunn. And um, Burgess. Mandy Remington. All right. Would anyone like to change their nomination at this time? All right. We will go another round. Accept uh, the nominations at this time. Nominate Andrew. Nominate Amanda Remington. 
nominate Mary Masher. Any other nominations? Any other nominations? Closing nominations. Um, I'll start with, have I just been doing the same order? <laughs> Harmson? Done. Taylor? Nasher. Teague? Done. Alter? Done. Thomas? Done. And Burgess? Remington. Okay. We have reached four counselors for Andrew Dunn. And would anyone, I, I think at this point maybe, um, because the majority will support Dunn, I think I'll just stop for council comments at this time and then uh, after which I will ask um, counselors if they want to change their nominations. Does that sound okay to people? All right. Sounds good. Council discussion. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll jump off if I could. Just uh, uh, wanted to again express the thanks to all 21 of the applicants and especially to the seven uh, that made it here tonight as finalists. Um, Obviously, with one position to fill and 21 applicants, there were going to be 20 disappointed people in our community um, tonight, you know, with one, one spot to fill and um, seven potential people, six disappointed people. But what I really hope is that for everybody, that this doesn't mark the end of your interest in civic participation and even looking at a spot on this council, but just the beginning. Um, I think that uh, we are so lucky. Uh, I've, I've had the, uh, um, the privilege of being able to read a lot of the emails and support of, of a variety of different candidates, and I've said the exact same thing to all of those people I've had a chance to respond to. This has been an embarrassment of riches, uh, the quality of people who have stepped forward, um, many of whom I've gotten a chance to maybe meet the, for the first time through this process, some who I've known before. Um, we're just incredibly lucky as a community to have people willing to step forward and do this job. Um, and I would say that of the seven people that, that were up here tonight, I would have enjoyed working with every single one of those people, and I can say that without hesitation. Um, not just enjoyed for myself, but also enjoyed seeing the work that they would do for this community. So I just wanted to make that point. I'll just echo uh, what my colleague, uh, Councillor Harmson said. This, this is a very difficult moment and very, very grateful to everyone who put their name forward and took the time and uh, put themselves out there in what I'm sure is a incredibly difficult um, situation to be in your seats right now. But I think that um, the city of Iowa City will be well served and I hope that all of you continue to engage at any level that you are willing um, to serve our community because it's very, very clear that you care deeply and um, we would benefit tremendously from you continuing your engagement. 
I echo what Councillor Burgess said, and and I, I really appreciated seeing each of you in person this evening, and, and appreciate the fact that you came and, and were able to speak. Ten minutes isn't a very long time to be able to tell all your values, but uh, certainly learn more about each and every one of you than, than the original application. I uh, didn't learn a lot from that, uh, except we were able to, each of us narrow down the same seven. Uh, so I appreciate that, and also encourage each of you to continue your civic engagement and thank you yeah I, I might just say that um, you know I've served on council now for seven years and, <clears throat> and this was probably one of the hardest uh, decisions I've had to make that you know, we're not I'm not voting on an ordinance I'm voting on an individual who's expressed a desire to serve on the council and um, at the same time I was just very impressed uh, with all of you is you know, going back to the 21 applicants. I think what makes this decision a little bit easier is I know you will continue to do your work uh, and contribute you know, to, to the benefit of Iowa City. You know, that's why you were one of my, all of you were on my list in terms of finalists. So I was, um, you know, I, I wanted to honor and, and, uh, and reinforce the fact that you were doing significant work and and contributing to our community and building community so again thank you for your decision to put your yourself in the arena and um, please continue to do the good work my fellow counselors have said so much of what i've been thinking already but um just <laughs> this has been um an incredible honor for us to be able to do this, um, a humongous responsibility um, and a great opportunity too in, in some ways. Um, so I'm a little bit different in sort of what's going to, to come is, I'd, first of all, I, I am happy to talk to any of you offline, uh, out of the public eye. This has been an incredibly, it has to have been the most excruciating experience of having basically a public job interview. Um, and to do it in a public forum is intense. And uh, so thank you for your courage as well. Um, I just want to give you very broadly a sense of where my thinking was, because I know that the number one thing, I've been in that shoes, why, right? What, what, what were you thinking? And so just very briefly, I just want to say all of you are strong and multifaceted um, in, in your particular um, approach and your perspective, and we would be so well guided to have any one of you on council. Where I came down to starting to think about things was simply um, to bring our experience and kind of our understanding of a council to date in terms of how best can we bring someone on um, to simplistically to, to fill gaps, to bring something to council that is not already here. Um, how can our council make us more well-rounded and to bring more experiences that, that are not currently represented on there? So that was one of the, the questions that was helping guide me. So I don't know if that helps in the short or the long term, but also I just wanted to say thank you again for your courage among everything else for doing this. And um, if anybody, I'm, you know how to reach me and I would be happy to, to have a coffee or something if you want to talk and yeah. I just wanted to echo also what Sean said. This is just the beginning. Thanks to all of the finalists here. And I, again, my colleagues um, said it well in uh, their appreciation for all of you. Um, 
this has been a very hard decision, especially when I literally know all of the finalists. <laughs> um, uh, with the respect to maybe just learning a couple of you um, through this process a little more. Um, but overall, I have to say that our community would have been at um, very advantaged with really any of your skills that, that you would have brought. This council has been, um, we put ourselves in a very um, hard decision-making uh, position. Um, I wanted to say some thank yous. Um, thank you to all of the candidates uh, that had applied, all of the 21 that had applied, thanks to, of course, the seven that uh, was promoted before us. Um, I want to acknowledge our staff and all of their hard work in helping uh, with some conversations to help guide us in this process about the process. Um, I want to acknowledge the community members that I spoke to that had thoughts about how this process should look and how uh, it should go. And I particularly want to thank this council. All of you helped guide this process so that, that it would be the fairest, most transparent. Um, and I know that it's been a difficult uh, position that we chose to take. So thanks to each and every last one of you. At this time, I'm going to ask if anyone wanted to change their uh, last position for nominations. Going once, going twice, and I'm going to close that part. And then we are now going to go with the official voting process for this council. Um, now we need to amend. Right, Mr. Mayor, there are uh, two votes uh, council will need. Uh, of course, you've been provided in your packet a blank resolution as to, um, well, to get it in, on your agenda, but of course not knowing who the council would ultimately pick. So uh, the first vote we would need is a motion to amend that resolution to include the name of Andrew Dunn. That would be followed by a voice vote. Uh, and then it would be followed by a motion and second for the resolution, now amended. Uh, and that would be a roll call vote. Uh, say that last part again, because... <laughs> Certainly. After, uh, assuming the council uh, uh, votes to amend the resolution yes. to include the name of Andrew Dunn, then we would need a motion and second for the resolution, now amended, to include the name of Andrew Dunn. Got it. And that would be a roll call vote. Thank you. Could I get a motion to amend the resolution to include the name of Andrew Dunn, please? So moved. Alter. Second. Thomas. Moved by Alter. Seconded by Thomas. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. I'll entertain a motion to approve the resolution as amended with Andrew Dunn's name. Could I get a motion, please? So moved, oh, Actually, yeah, I still yeah, need a motion. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a motion, please? So moved, Thomas. Second, Harmson. Moved by Thomas, seconded by Harmson. Roll call, please. Burgess? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Alter? Yes. 
Motion passes six to zero. All right, could I get a motion to accept correspondence? So moved, Alter. Second, Burgess. And all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. And I want to talk about next steps before we adjourn as far as the appointment. When do you, we? Well, uh, we need to swear in Mr. Dunn, um, and that could be done uh, now. It would probably be best before we adjourn uh, or at the beginning uh, of the, um, well, it'd have to be either now before we adjourn, I would recommend that, or at the beginning of the uh, informal work session to begin. Yes. Um, I guess the question is, uh, are you ready to be sworn in? All right, great. We're going to invite our city clerk, Kelly Fruling, up as well as Andrew Don to be sworn in as the next city councilor. After he signs that, we'll invite him to take a seat up here with us. And you'll get your first official vote. Could I get a motion to adjourn? So moved. <laughs> Second. Done. Moved by Don, seconded by Harmson. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. We are adjourned. <laughs>